0: Hey, guys, and welcome back to the Kickball Change podcast. We are a grassroots program offering insight and inspiration to young teens and adults who are looking to carve out a path in the creative and the performing arts world. Our guests are going to range from performing artists, musicians, hairstylists, and more. Our guests will discuss their kickball change moments and how they grew through them in hopes to inspire the next generation of artists to pursue their own creative dreams. So... With that being said, I'd love to introduce our amazing ho- co-hosts today as well as our guests. So here in studio with me today, we have the lovely Barbara Perrin. Hi,
1: everyone.
0: <laughs> for those of you, if you were have not been following our podcast, she is a studio owner and director for over 35 years. She has seen the growth and development of many students who have taken professional arts to the next level all across the world. With us, we also have our other two co hosts. We have Madison. Hi. (laughs) We also have Grace. How are you today? Good. How are you? Wonderful. So these two girls are in high school right now. Maddie, you are a high school senior, right?
2: Yes, I am.
0: Did you make your decision yet on colleges?
2: I did. I'm going to be attending Sacred Heart University in the fall, and I'm in the dance company. Woo. Hey, woohoo! Wonderful.
0: <laughs> you are going to love our guest today because she is working with a university dance team. And Grace, how about you?
3: I'm a sophomore at St. Rose and the captain of the dance team there. So.
0: Wonderful. So yes.
3: again, this guest
0: we have today is a special guest and a homegrown for that matter. This lovely guest, in fact, is the very own Barbara parents' daughter. That's yeah. right. Our co-host has grown a beautiful daughter, Miss Erin Pasco. She began her classical training in Wall Township at the Dancers Workshop. And with that, she started her early dance training at Steps on Broadway, as well as Broadway Dance Center in New York City. Now, her proximity is about an hour outside of New York. And with a mom having a studio, she was lucky enough to be able to travel to New York and take classes up there. She has toured, she has, uh, her choreography has been featured in a, with the prestigious Capizio Ace Awards in New York City, and hers was actually one of 15 works that was chosen from uh, several hundred, right?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 And she was, I believe, the youngest one to mm. be nominated. Is that true? Yeah, I think it's true. It's The youngest one to be nominated on her first try.
0: On her first try. Yeah. So I'm super excited to be able to announce this guest. So currently, Erin is coaching the Stockton University dance team. The Stockton University is a university college based here in New Jersey, and she has now taken this team to the Nationals. Her choreography is represented both through New York City as well as L.A., and... Nice little side note, coming back off of a competition this past weekend, uh, our guest Erin, she just received the People's Choice Award at this latest competition for her hip-hop choreography. So, so many amazing things. I can't wait to get started with interviewing Erin. Erin, welcome. Thanks for joining us here at the Kickball Change. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. So first, we want to welcome you here. Uh, You are an extremely talented performer and choreographer, and having your choreography recognized nationally for both competitive dance, for K to 12, right? You have no age limits on your dancing. Um, Your style is just effortless. It just flows. Um, Thanks. Absolutely. What, What drives you for your
4: inspiration? Oof. Um, I mean, it depends on the day, really. I mean, (laughs) it's helpful to have girls or students in general that kind of understand you, um, not just on like a dance basis, but on, you know, a personal level as well. Um, That's always inspiring. Um, For my choreography, I'd say that I always kind of like to draw from something that's affected me majorly. Um, whether it's like recently or just sometime in the past, um, I, the girls know, they'll probably laugh. Like when I was like falling in love, like we had like 18 love dances that year at competition <laughs> and like just silly, like stories, like personal stories like that always keep me inspired for sure. So you
0: use life experiences for your choreography. Would that be fair to say?
4: Yeah, that's, that's fair.
2: <laughs> I kind of actually had a question about that.
4: All right. I'm ready.
2: <laughs> do you like find a song and then kind of like remember almost like a story about like that could go with the song? Or do you like have this story idea in your head and then pick a song that goes with that?
4: Um, so I would say either or like it it it's kind of um it's happened for me both ways. So we like I'll reference this one called Confessions. Um for that specific routine, I heard the song. And immediately thought of the story. But that same year when we did a a routine called I'll Be Seeing You, it was more the story first. And then I like kind of searched for a song that would fit, if that makes sense. So it just like, I don't know, it just depends. If there's a really good song out there and it just makes you think, you know, you use it. And if you have this story that you need to get across and you like you want to put it out there, you just find the song to make it happen.
0: Yeah. awesome that's a great answer so being a studio owner's daughter I'm sure you've had many kickball changes and that's what this podcast is about is about talking through our kickball changes and what's the next step right what gets you forward and and I just you are such a humble teacher and a humble dancer that had I have not known that you were a studio owner's daughter it wouldn't it never shines through which is such a wonderful thing I think it it's a, a wonderful quality that both your mom and yourself instilled in you. Um, how do you uh-huh. feel the experience being working with her and and seeing her and the challenges with your generation now a teacher yourself seeing the next generation and working in the intercollegiate school districts how do you feel what prepared you right for this journey in the dance world?
4: Um, I think being a dance studio owner's daughter gives you more perspectives than just your own. Um, Not only, you know, I'm seeing things and I'm experiencing things from my point of view and in my shoes, but I'm also experiencing them and seeing things from my mom's point of view. And then on top of that, you know, when, when she's talking about, things that might be going on in the studio or with other studio directors, then again, there's more like um, points of view that I can see things from or experience things as. So I think just growing up under her wing was, was very enlightening. It, it prepared me well to take on um, a bunch of different tasks, um, whether it's like choreograph, like choreographing or directing a team or going to competitions and things like that, or, or if it's just like knowing how to respond to different situations and knowing how to treat, um, individuals of all walks of life that you'll come across. So I think being a dance studio owner's daughter was, it was, it was really the best setup that I could have had.
1: Love you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> was it, it, was it a negative or a positive or d- both or for or me, what you had more of. What, what was, what, what, what was more the negative experiences or the positive experiences? Cause I know you had one woman like scare you have to death and I know, you know who I'm talking about.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I, think it was more positive. Like I said, like, <laughs> I think it set me up us on the edge, edge of our seats, <laughs> the negative things. I mean, if you're, I, I guess if you are a specific type of person, it, it would be easy for you to allow the negatives to weigh you down. But I think you and I are the type of people where even if something's negative, we can, like, we can see how we learned from it and we can turn it into a positive. So yeah, like there were a bunch of negative things that I saw, but Mm -hmm. you, you, you learn from them. So ultimately, is it a negative? I don't, I don't think so.
1: Well, at
4: any given time, did you feel, more special
1: than anybody else in class. Oh, you know the answer to this. But we
4: don't and your listeners <laughs> <Okay>. don't either. <laughs> so did I feel more special? Um I would define special I would say more ignored. <laughs> oh. I, I mean in a group of I don't know 20 dancers and she's giving and by she I mean my mom Barbara giving <laughs> 19 dancers, corrections, and then straight up ignoring me. Yeah, it was, it was special. So <laughs> you
0: you had to uh, work hard, but stay humble. Yes. One Wonder-
1: day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that's what made her more humble is because I guess I ignored her
4: <laughs> too much. Like even when, Mom, remember when we would, we would go to like different conventions and competitions where we would audition for scholarships or just like compete for first place? And I you know, I it's horrible, but it's the truth. Like some dance studio owners' daughters might have gotten their awards or their scholarships because of their status. And we always talked about like making sure that, you know, right. Leaper or Gil Stroming, like no one knew who I was. Yeah. And that's
1: because we had two different last names. Cause I went, I didn't go by my married name. I went by my maiden name. So they never knew who Erin was. They didn't know that that was until later, like later, later they were like, Oh, but none of the exactly, judges exactly. knew or, you know, and, and that's a truism. Like nobody knew that she was my daughter and they they do play favoritism big time. Yeah.
0: So humility all the way. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me think of a, a teacher who danced with Bob Fosse, and, and one of his biggest things was about gracious confidence. And, and Aaron, I think you have just grown into that from being able to see you and your performances and, and how you carry yourself, how you work with your students. You have that gracious confidence. You have this ability to be confident but you never put it in anybody's faces, which I think is such a a beautiful thing. Um, And I'm so excited to see more that comes out of you. Um, But before we get to your future self, I'm going to go to your younger self. So going back to when you were a part of the Nets dance team, the New Jersey Nets, back before they moved to Brooklyn and they've been bought and sold and shifted all around the tri-state area, you were with the New Jersey Nets dance team. I'd love to know what that experience was like for you.
4: Um, the New Jersey Nets dance team was probably my first gig-like experience. Um, I was in the sixth grade. So, I mean, what is your bedtime? Well, my bedtime now is like 10 p.m., so <laughs> it must have been like 9 p.m. in the sixth grade. But I remember practice was from 7 to 10 p.m. on Thursday nights, and it was an hour away. So, um, yeah, late nights, long, hard practices, early mornings for school the next day, and um, that was honestly my first paycheck. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. I like. I think we saw it framed. Yes, we did. It was aside from it being like my first gig experience, it was also my first networking experience. Um, very, I've met a lot of people like through just being on the team when I was in the sixth grade and like becoming friends with them that I still talk to today. And it's so funny because I actually just wrote to somebody and was like, hey, would you want to teach like a guest class? And like this man I met when I was in the sixth grade on the New Jersey Nets. Um, Yeah, and it was just like the first insight into, you know, working hard and performing for a lot of people, which we did at competitions and recitals, but not definitely not in like the stadium scale. And, you know, sometimes when you're dancing, on the recital stage or competition stage, there are still people that don't, or teammates that don't really take it as seriously as you, but everybody on the New Jersey Nets dance team was taking it just as seriously as I was. So it was it was definitely like my first professional um, eye-opening networking, like gig experience. It was awesome.
0: Do you feel you had a kickball change moment then being so young? Were you the only girl at the studio that was a part of the Nets... Dance team?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I remember, um, I think a bunch of us might have auditioned.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. But I,
4: I will say that I before I auditioned for the New Jersey Nets dance team, I, I auditioned for the Knicks dancers, and I remember I didn't smile at all, so I didn't get the part. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to smile brighter than anybody in this space <laughs> right now, and I'm going to make it. Um, but, yeah, I think a bunch of us might have auditioned, but like I said, I had more – audition experience. So I like nailed that one. And then yeah, it was just me going up to the practices and doing the New Jersey Nets dance team. Um, As far as kickball change moment, I feel like such a noob, but could you go into detail about what you mean about kickball change moment?
0: Absolutely. So uh, familiar with the step we're all across all genres of dance right with a uh, kickball yeah. change and for our viewers at home it's a a kick forward a shift back and ultimately ending in the same place so it's that moment when you you're driving for something and you have passion for something but you ultimately end up with all that hard work you do, either going backwards and then stopping in the same place you were at, and then you're at a crossroad, right? You can can pivot, you can step out of it, or you can just stay in a kickball change and just kind of hang out there almost like a limbo, right? You're in status quo, trying to decide what's next. So the reason why I ask you about a kickball change moment Being so young in the sixth grade, being able to dance in a stadium setting and then coming back to the studio, do you feel like there was any animosity or was there any shift or energy change with the other girls that you danced with um, that made you grow through that, right? Kickball changes are moments that we can grow through. Um, In the moment, it doesn't feel like we're growing through it. We just feel like we're doing a kickball change and we're going backwards and just going in place. But that step is a transitional step. And it can get us into the next
1: spot. Yeah, the next stage. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Um I is it weird to say I don't remember any animosity amongst the, the no. students at answers workshop. I like I felt like they were all really supportive. supportive. Yeah. That's no wonderful. Really, yeah. Um absolutely. They were all supportive.
1: So you had a
0: nice family there with this. The other girls that you danced with at the studio which is
1: oh,
4: of course yeah you, you
0: know i think with the arts yeah. and for all of our listeners that are in the arts i think that's why we come to the arts is that it's our it's our own family right it's not just our our moms and our dads and our brothers and our we sisters it's a, yeah it's a new family it's a a different energy right we express and we share uh, a different amount of energy
4: yeah but,
0: um
4: Man, I'll keep thinking on that one, but yeah. I just remember everyone being like super supportive. I can't remember it being a problem. I mean, if anything, like going to school and just being like the next day being like so antisocial <laughs> and like my friends being like, are you here today? And I'm like, no, not really. Like I'm I'm still at dance practice like that. I don't know. I feel like that was like my biggest issue at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, actually, and also, Erin, if you look at
4: the kickball change
1: moment, Um, You can say, was there something that that you did or happened to you where you felt like I don't I can't do this anymore? And then was there something else that confirmed that you do want to do this more? Like uh, like if you listen to my podcast, I had a serious kickball change moment. Like I I either had to push through something or just give up.
4: Yeah. Um, I. I mean, at the time when I was on the nets, I've always been a very competitive person. And like, if I'm not doing not only my best, but like the best work in the room, (laughs) I'm like, not okay. So, um, I mean, I think this is, this might be something to chat about. Because when I was at the studio, the dancers workshop, and I was young, I mean, I was, working so hard. I, like I was, I, I think I might've been like at a, a high level, um, in that room, but on the New Jersey Nets, I, I wasn't necessarily on a higher level than anybody else. And, um, I do remember that, that pushing me a bunch. I, there was a girl on the team that was very good. And I remember a choreographer coming in and teaching us a dance to, um, hollaback girl by Gwen Stefani because it was new when I was on the team and he loved her and he put her in the center and I was like this is not cool with me (laughs) yeah and I was like and I just think I started like plieing lower like popping harder just leaping higher like all of the things so I don't maybe that was like my first experience like really being like a small fish in a big pond type of situation yeah Yeah. Teach me a lot.
1: Yeah. So Maddie and Grace, like with Erin being that way, you know, that that type of person that wants to be the best and wants to make you the best as students, how do you feel as her students and, you know, just in being within her presence when she teaches you choreography or just in class? How does that, how does she make you feel?
3: Um. Pressure's so, on. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to go back. Um, I feel like it's definitely, for me, I feel like I'm kind of the same way, not like when I see someone's working harder, like Maddie, for example, she's really talented. And so looking up to her, I feel like it's just like I can push myself more from seeing someone like Maddie and then seeing someone like Erin, who is like kind of the same way. I feel like all three of us are kind of the same way. So, it's nice to be like surrounded in that environment. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, me and Aaron, for the listeners, are both really big perfectionists, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think that's really <laughs>
2: um, and Aaron knows that. and it, I think it kind of helps for me personally to like have a teacher that like knows kind of what I'm going through. Like Aaron can tell when I'm frustrated with myself, even if I don't like verbally say, this is so frustrating. I'm not doing it right. Like she can see it on my face and like, not that nobody else can, but I think she like realizes quicker than some other people do. So it's kind of nice to have her to be like, listen, you're fine. Snap out of it. And like, kind of just that, like calming me down, okay. <laughs> like that brings one... me
4: down to like, I don't know. Remember when you were, you were competing at- I think it was a dancer and It was a few weekends ago, and I was watching on live stream. And I immediately texted you and was like, "Shake it off, just yeah. right now."
2: <laughs> I, I messed up our tap dance. Erin was watching the live stream, so she texted me. She was like, "I don't know what happened. I didn't notice, but I can see in your face that like something happened. You did something. I don't know, but shake it yeah. off. You have a lot of dances left. Like, yeah. like you're right.
4: Woo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know it when we see it. Yep." Um,
1: who has the next question for our guest? Is it Maddie, Grace?
2: Oh, I mean, this is like kind of not related, but I kind of want to talk about like yeah. you going to LA a little bit, like how, like, how did you kind of decide like to do that? Like how was, what was your like inspiration to go there? I guess that was,
1: that was, that was a journey. <laughs> I can answer that, but I, I'm not, but I'm, for me as the mom, that was a serious journey because of the type A personality we have here.
4: Okay, so yeah, let me start at the beginning. Um, <laughs> aside from like the being the best in the room, doesn't just occur in the dance studio; it occurs in um, school as well. So I've always been a really good student. Um, and when I, when we were when I was growing up through high school, during the summers we would go to LA so that I could dance. So I was very <clears throat> I was very into school and I was good at school and I was very into dancing and I was good at dancing. So when it came time for me to make a decision, um, to go to college, to be on a dance team or just to dance or what have you, I was struggling. Not only am I all these things, but I'm also a Libra, so I'm indecisive. So, um, (laughs) I remember trying to make a decision that would allow me to dance and go to school and, I was deciding between, I think, going to Rutgers um, and going to Loyola Marymount in L.A., which would have been my dance option. And I chose to go to Rutgers because um, academically it sounded more my speed and I could take a train into the city if I wanted to dance there. And I joined the dance team. So all of that um, to say... After joining the dance team and going to Rutgers for a little bit, I was like, this is just not it for me. I got to dance. So I started going into the city more often. And after that took up so much of my time, I went to school part time. um, And then eventually just faded out of school and moved to L.A. Like I said, it was basically just because I think I needed to get my fix. I needed to understand if it was right for me to dance or if it was right for me to go to school. And in order to see if it was going to be right for me to dance, I needed to full on move out to LA and like give it a shot. Um that is a very long winded response to your question. But that's pretty much how I made it out there.
1: Yeah. And also because um I think can I add to that, Aaron Sure. I think that, you know, going to school um she wanted to be at dance. And when she was at dance, she wanted to be in school. And because she's good at everything, those two things, she thought that she wasn't given this particular thing, say school, a hundred percent. And that wasn't good enough. Or she wasn't given dance a hundred percent. And that wasn't good enough. She has to give everything a hundred percent. But when you're trying to give something a hundred percent, but you have two things, you're only giving each thing 50% or you just go crazy. So that was, that was her dilemma. And then she decided we're going to, she's going to take a break from school and go to LA. So, Erin, when you took that break from school, you had parents that
0: supported you. You had dancers that supported you. When you moved out to L.A., did you go out with anybody? Did you live with anybody? So for any of our either East Coast dancers and performers looking to move out West or West Coast performers looking to move out East, what the transition that you made, what was that like? And if you could do it again, would you have done it any differently?
4: Hmm. Um. So I don't think I would have done it any differently because I feel like I got a good balance. Um, when I first went out there, I lived with a few friends that I knew from New York City that I, I was close with, I was comfortable with. And then later on, I lived with a few people Again, that I knew from New York City, but only one that I knew really closely, and the other two were just um, friends of friends. Were they performers too, or they were? Yeah, all of these people that I lived with were dancers. Um, I actually want to take back my answer. Would <laughs> I do it any differently? Um, maybe I would have lived with somebody who wasn't a dancer because the dance world out there and in New York, it's it's so competitive and you know, you're competing against your friends for the spot, you know, behind Ariana Grande or what whatever you're going for that day. I think it would have been nice and refreshing just to come home and kind of be able to escape that competition and just that constant like presence in the dance world for a little bit.
0: That's a constant That's- kickball change that you were basically living in. So how long were you out in California?
4: Um I yeah. think Like, it was on and off, for sure. But I'd say, like, over two years, it was on and off. Mm -hmm. I have a
3: question. What's here at Grace? Um, Was Barb supportive, like, in your journey through L.A.? I I know she probably was, but um, (laughs) did she influence your decision, or was she, like, controlling your decision at all? Um, My mom was very supportive.
4: I I feel comfortable saying this because I – have confronted my dad but he was he didn't really understand why I wanted to dance. he understood that I was an excellent student so he he was confused why I wouldn't just follow that path. Um, I wouldn't say he was unsupportive but he just didn't understand he wasn't fully 100% behind my decision to go dance whereas my mom breathed it she understood it she taught it she loved it she she was supportive and she would have been supportive regardless like if i chose dance or school but she was definitely supportive um but my dad has has now come around to it but was a little tough to crack at first yeah yeah
1: i would say that his daddy was a little bit but we did crack him and he was okay and he he went um again but because if people don't really know that Dance is a passion and sometimes you can't live without it. And if you make your way, you can have a nice life. Like they sometimes people get that in their head, where, I'll, oh, I need this, this, and this to get ahead in the world or do be happy. But in all honesty, to be happy is just to pick your dream job and who's to say what your dream job do- job is, other than you. I mean, and, and was, parents, did- I'm a parent, so I want the best for my child and I want her. As a parent, you want – you raise your child so that she can live on her own, he can live on her own and be a, – a, contribute to society and, and, and be have a good life. So everybody thinks that, you know, getting a degree or doing whatever is going to make you a good life. But that's not always the path that people should or do take. So.
4: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Erin, your energy has always come back to – choreographing and I know you're a fabulous dancer but I want to touch on the part where you got to dance for the international pop artist Sai. Um, You got to dance with her on the Today Show and not only that but with that being as a dancer and her backup dancer you've had your choreography and we mentioned has been nominated across the board in many international settings. What what role does that play for you being a dancer, a performer, but then also the choreographer? Do you feel like you're torn in that sense as well?
4: About being a dancer or a choreographer? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is really easy for me. I am a behind the scenes gal <laughs> for sure. Um, not that I don't love performing and dancing, but I, <laughs> this is so funny to say out loud, I love like being hands-on, and I like things going how I want them to go. So detail-oriented. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we can all relate to that, even if we don't admit it. But um, if I'm the choreographer and if I'm the director, then you know I can, I can be more hands-on, and I can say this is what will look best here. But if I'm a dancer, that isn't not that's just not my place. Um, Also, like touching back on like the, I don't remember if you use like gracious or humble confidence, but I, I think confidence is like hard to come by. Um, Again, I think everyone can relate to that even if they don't admit it, but I feel more confident when a million eyes aren't on me. I had that fix when I was young and now I'm like somebody else is going to be better in that role. And with that like with that said, I feel less confident performing than I do choreographing. I feel more confident behind the scenes.
0: And you provide that for your dancers, too. Uh, Maddie touched upon that at a recent competition where you were able to watch live stream and you noticed right away her energy change even through live stream. And you were able to capture that. and. Maddie, can we say she saved you for the rest of the competition? (laughs) I mean, she helped you uh, redirect your energy so you wouldn't bring what happened on that last number to the stage for your other numbers.
2: Yeah, I mean, not that Barb wasn't doing it, but (laughs) I think just Barb also had 50 other things going on. And, like, I was also trying to change. Like, it was, like, a lot of things happening at one time. Um, So I think that definitely, like what you said, it definitely, like got me over that hump of, I just messed the whole thing up. It's going to be like that for the rest of the day. Erin, did you
0: have any teachers that were like that for you in your life growing up? You know, it's, it's, it's so nice to see that the support that you give for your dancers across all levels.
4: Yeah, I would say that my mom was that. I think that she knew (laughs) when I messed up, um, you know, as a coincidence, as just like a random Um, situation and she'd be like, okay, Erin, like, what can we do right now to get over it? And then on the flip side, um, you know, if I did a great job, she would reward me or if I messed up and it was because of a lack of practice, she knew and she, you know, just as a metaphor, like slapped me on the wrist. But (laughs) yeah, I would say that my mom knew how to um, reel me in whatever the situation might be.
1: Yeah. But I think you had other teachers as well. Like, um, just say Jess, for instance, Jess did a different thing for you
4: than I did. Jess was a very, very influential teacher for me because I, I feel like she taught me the most. Like I actually was in the studio with her the most, um, and Aunt Robin. Was, yeah. Uh, but I also remember Jess coached my high school dance team. So I feel like me and Jess, like, if Jess was somewhere, so was I. And if she was, mm-hmm. or if I was somewhere, so was she. Like, but um, in terms of like, however, I helped Maddie snap out of something. I don't, I, Jess was a mentor to me very much so, but I think you were my like sounding board. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So
0: you have now, uh, so Jess, what this other teacher, what Jessica, was? Yeah. Jessica, she was your
4: dance team captain. When you were in high school, she was my uh, the dance team coach. So we grew up in like around the corner from each other and went to the same high school. So after she had graduated, um, the school brought her in to coach the dance team. So she was coaching my dance team in high school. And then, you know, say like that was like two to four. And then from 430 to 930, she was my dance teacher at the dancers workshop.
0: Yeah. So I think it's always I mean, it's always safe to say dancers wear many hats yeah performers yeah. wear many hats and we do it quite well whether it's dancing on different stages changing from the dancer to the choreographer and uh you know i would love these girls to ask some more questions because now uh maddie's going to be going into college going into the dance uh dance club dance team and grace is a captain of her dance team in high school aaron being a, co- uh, a coach for a collegiate team what is that experience now like for you? What do you get from your dancers? What do you see in the collegiate level? And what would you offer as a suggestion for girls in the high school level looking to continue their passion of dance at the college level?
4: Um, I cannot say enough good things about being on a college dance team. I like. I think everybody here has heard me rave about the Stockton University dance team and the dancers on it. Um, it has the dance, the collegiate dance team world. I think it's evolved a lot over the years. Um, I think that if you're a passionate dancer, but you want to study in academics, that's a really good route for you because you can't possibly be on the dance team if you're not doing well academically. I think that if you, um, if you want to be a part of a team, that's the best route for you to go as well, because I've never um, met any of these girls on the Stockton university dance team before this year. And neither had they met any of each other, but now it just feels again, like, like a chosen family and like a situation where you're relying on others, but others are also relying on you. Um, As far as advice that I can give to high school students looking to be on the dance team first, keep up your academics, of course. Um, second, the number of hours that you practice, um, you can't underestimate those hours because if you, if you want to be a trustworthy teammate, if you want to be, um, yeah, if you, if you want somebody to rely on you the way that you rely on them it's going to take practice. It's going to take commitment and it's going to take, um, like a level of courage where you're willing to push yourself and you're willing to work a long number of hours just to, you know, keep up with the standard of the team and not only the the team, but the entire like collegiate dance team industry. So, um, keep up with your academics, always work hard. Um, yeah, I, I would love to hear any questions that these girls have specifically because i
3: love talking about the university dance team i have a question um what is the difference that you see between like our level of dancing in the studio and even just like the dancers workshop the teens and the seniors compared to the college level
4: um so first of all when we when I choreograph for you guys, it's completely different than when I choreograph for and you guys meaning the dancers' workshop, competitive team, or recital. Um, it's completely different than when I choreograph for the Stockton University dance team because it's just it's a different it's a different setting, it's a different ask completely. So when I'm making up your contemporary dance, I'm focused on telling the story. And when I'm making up your hip hop dance, I'm focused on entertaining the audience. When I'm making up the Stockton University dance teams, hip hop dance, I'm focused on, do we have the team trick, like the team headspring spring down? Um, do we have all of these things, all of these visuals um, that are gonna make our score and our performance competitive with the other schools. When I'm making up their jazz dance um, and jazz, we call it jazz, but really when you watch the routines, it's like anywhere from like lyrical or modern or contemporary or jazz. Um, I'm putting a lot of technique in there, a lot of skills like Alice cone turns and just different kind of leaps that we don't really showcase in our competition routines at the dancers workshop. So in that way, it's a lot different. Um, when it comes to that, then it's the standard of cleaning. The dances is a lot different at the dance team. Like literally the girls will ask like, where are your fingers here? And when we're at the dancers workshop cleaning contemporary, it's like, you know what your head's are two different directions right now. And I don't hate it. That looks (laughs) creative and artistic. So it's like, it's, it's different in that way. Um, Yeah. You'll, I mean, I've, I've brought you to a Stockton university dance team practice. You, I'm in their face, Alyssa go here. And then like on this part, I'm like, good job, Grace. Next time do this. Like, I think it's, it's more like do or die for the, the Stockton university dance team. Members. Um, and for us, it's more, or for the dancers workshop, it's more like, how can I tell the story? How can I entertain my parents? How can I reach the audience members that don't know me? Whether it's like whether I'm showing my best skills or just like doing specific movements to like this beautiful song.
1: Yeah. And can I add something too, Grace? Is that when you're in your high school level, you're still training. When you get to the college level, you should be done training, knowing all those skills, except like, I don't know, an acrobatic trick trick that everybody has to go take class to learn or like an aerial or something. But when you're in high school, you're still training and you're still learning. When you get to that level, it's just all about performing. And they do, when when they do practice, it's for one particular goal. And that goal is for nationals.
4: Right. Your goal
1: is to to perform for everybody. And that's the fun part about it and get to go again. You do it again. Like it's just, that's the big difference for, for me anyway, when I go. Yeah. yeah. So
0: there's a different mindset when you're coaching and training with the girls, um, at the high school level compared to the intercollegiate, the collegiate level, um, which, you know, that, that does play a big role for girls that may not necessarily want to go to school for dance as a dance major. Do you find that a lot of the girls on the dance team that you were working with are just passionate about dance, but may necessarily not have dance as their major, but perhaps kind of going a different route because their parents want them to go a different route. But this is satisfying that artist that's still living and breathing within them.
4: I would say that most of the dancers on the dance team at Stockton are not dance majors, Um And I know that when I was on the Rutgers University dance team, which I was only on it briefly, um, we were not allowed to be dance majors and be on the dance team at the same time. Then you'll you'll see like I follow a bunch of university dance teams and they always post, you know, our senior um, Abigail, I'm just choosing a name, is going off to um, grad school for dentistry and you rarely see that they're. Um, choosing dance, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to dance. They'll maybe they'll have a studio, maybe they'll teach, maybe they'll coach a dance team. But you often see that these dancers on the college dance team are focused on something different academically than dance for and, sure.
0: And that resonates with you because you did the same thing and, and with the support and the growing support that you ended up getting with your father, being able to leave and then come back, and being able to travel and experience the dance world—I think you um, you bring something to the table to those university students that yeah. you know you you did your own studies and you you performed, uh, you know you you did a, a lot of wonderful things, um, Maddie.
2: Yeah, um, I was kind of like you've obviously in the past couple like months, I guess, like as you're like working with Stockton on their dances, like we've been trying to get like, or you've been trying to get like more technique in us and more like movement quality in them. How do you think like that will like, how do you think those like, I guess, coincide or like, will like benefit us? Like, you know what I mean? If that makes sense.
4: Um, so just to recap what Maddie said, I, the, the, The dancers, Maddie and Grace, at the dancers Workshop are fantastic movers and fantastic artists. Um, And like my mom said, we still have work to do in gaining all of these, like, skills and, like, technical tricks. Whereas the girls on the Stockton dance team, they they can do, like, five pirouettes if you ask them. But sometimes, like, they don't feel comfortable moving their bodies um, in the way that I usually choreograph. So... Um, Maddie, were you asking like how it benefits me to be coaching you technique and them movement quality at the same time? Or I, I just want to yeah. make sure I understood the question.
2: Like, I guess, how is that? Like, how would that help? Like your choreography? How is that going to help us? Like in the long run? I think that,
4: um, instilling more technique and you guys will be helpful if you want to go the route of college dance team. Um, I think that. Um,
0: Maddie, good question. You are making yeah. our guest think.
4: <laughs> I like really like. I, this is an We uh, can Maybe we can edit this out. Can you like re-say the question to me? I'm like not getting it.
2: Almost like, is it like. Obviously, is that going to make it easier for you to choreograph either way? Like, since you're used to the movement quality or you, like, want to get us to do more technique and you think that'll, like, help us at competitions. Like, and when you say,
4: 15, like, is that going to help you? Like, what do you mean by that?
2: I like, think- us having, like, more technique, like being able to do five pirouettes or, like, them being able to, like, move their bodies without having to do, like, 15 turns. Okay, you know? yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay, so um, I think that having... The dancers workshop students who are really skilled in movement and just the quality of executing the dances in general, being able to do more like technical skills will definitely be easier to choreograph because, you know, there are some times when the audience will respond to, you know, an aerial or a set of pirouettes that they haven't seen before. And your goal at the dancers workshop is to perform for the audience um likewise i have found it kind of difficult and i i i've told this them this before um to choreograph for the Stockton dance team because all of these dancers are coming from different studios and different backgrounds and different education systems so when they come together they can do you know the triple the quad turn because those things don't change from studio to studio but What is different from studio to studio is choreography that the kids learn and the way that they're taught to move. So all of these dancers coming from different backgrounds, they don't have similar movement qualities. So it's been difficult to zone in on a style of dance that's going to make them all look like a million bucks. And so oftentimes, like you're choosing a style that looks good on the majority, but then, you know, the minority still has to work on getting that style of movement in their bodies and it's it's challenging so i think like to your point if i am able to get those dancers on the dance team that can do any tricks that i want if i can get them to dance the same way and have the same movement quality and have that be like a okay i think they will be the full package And same thing for you. I mean, you know me, I'm not always inclined to put like a turn section in the dance. I'm more of a storyteller when it comes to the dancers workshop competitive routines, but it definitely can't hurt to have more like tricks and abilities up your sleeve.
0: So going into your choreography and I've been lucky enough to sit in for some of your rehearsals. Not with the university teams, but with the, the high school and the teens and younger dancers at the dance studio where you choreograph at. And I just find it very moving that you have an ability to make each dancer feel important. And to piggyback of what, Maggie, uh, what Maddie just um, talked about is the, the different levels. Being able to choreograph pieces that fit and look good on all different styles. When you have those intercollegiate students, those college students coming in, they do have more of that technique. With the younger students that are still learning their technique and still learning their body and how to utilize their body, you still have this ability to create passionate works of art and dances on them. What would you say to the dancer that's looking to join the dance team? What should she be working on? You as a choreographer, what would you wish you had maybe more of what kind of our style dancer did you wish you had more of on your dance team? If you could pick the perfect grouping.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, if I could tell dancers going into the collegiate scene, what to work on, I really would say just being the full package, the more well-prepared you can come into the team um, and just the more things up your sleeve that you have to show the coach, Hey, I can do this and I can do this for you too. um, That's going to pay off majorly. I, I wouldn't say like, obviously you you have to have like a triple pirouette. You have to have a kip up and a head spring and all these other things that I could list to even make it onto the team. But so that's like a non-negotiable, but I did mention that it is difficult when you're, coming in and you're being handed a bunch of girls that can have different backgrounds, like movement quality and choreography rise. So I would say dip your toes in as many places as often as possible, because the more experience and the more knowledge and the more training that you have, the more likely it's going to be that you're going to be able to do whatever the coach wants you to do. Whereas if, you know you've never tried this before you've never dabbled in choreography like this it's going to be like a shell shock the first time you try it so i would say just really giving yourself as many opportunities getting as much as much exposure as possible like really really will pay off
0: what's one common myth about your profession now being as a, a dance coach mm-hmm. right not just a teacher not just a choreographer but you're a coach um, what's one common I love myth being- I love it. And, uh, you know, you don't really hear that, even though we all know, for those of you that don't dance, dance is an art. It's also a sport. Mm -hmm. And it it should absolutely be classified as that. And you should be classified as a coach. Um, What's one common myth about that profession that you want to debunk? Huh.
4: Um, What is one common myth about being a coach? Or do you you
0: find any or a dancer or... or a dancer? Do you find any? you know, we always talk about typecasting and and how there's always changes going on um, in society and the society reflects
3: the dance world.
0: world. Um, Do you find that there's any any myths that you're just like, oh, that's not... That's That's not right. That's not right.
4: (laughs) Yeah. um, It's a tough question. I think that... Yeah, this is a tough question. Um, I... When I was growing up and I would watch the different university dance teams before I even attended college, I thought it was not my thing because I thought it was very, very robotic and you couldn't be yourself and you couldn't be artistic. Um, But on the contrary, I think that, like I said, I think that the university dance scene has evolved a lot and now that I'm involved in it as a coach I see that it's not so robotic yes you need to be clean yes you need to look like the other dancers but that doesn't mean that you have to be robotic or not artistic or not yourself or not less than whatever they're doing in the concert or commercial space I think that there's a way to be both and you can be clean and you can be a synchronized team, but you can still be a group of artists that dance that dances with passion and with heart and with courage and commitment. And we were actually listing all of these different traits at uh, the Stockton dance team practice last night that I want, like that they want to see themselves that they want to see in themselves when they dance. And we got, we did get things like love and faith and passion. So like before I would say one big myth is that I would I thought that um, the dance team the college dance team circuit was very robotic and lacking passion and lacking artistry, but now that I'm here I see that it's it's just not like that. You can definitely be an artist and you can definitely be a synchronized clean team. Okay,
0: Amen, Amen, Maddie, Grace.
2: Um, I mean, kind of as like a final question for me, like. Is there any advice, like, that you would give yourself, like, at my age or anyone, like, at my age, like, that you know now that yeah. you kept wishing you?
1: Well, and can I just add into that question, Maddie? Like, so Grace touched on what if your parents aren't um, supportive in what you think you want to do, right? Like, so there's your advice. Like, Maddie, Grace's parents are different. Do you know what I mean, Erin? So maybe you can touch on that a little bit, how, how they can – help prepare themselves to move in the future?
4: Um, a piece of advice that I would go back and give myself if I was in high school, and I hope that this helps you, is to be more open-minded. And I, I don't really... We've never talked about this, you and I, but we've talked about how you and I are very similar. So I wouldn't be shocked if this is something that you think. Um, but when I was younger, I... Like I said, I was like, I don't want to do concert dance. I absolutely do not want to be on Broadway. I don't, you know, maybe I see myself being on the dance team, but I don't see myself doing what everyone else is doing and I thought commercial dance was the way for me and here I am not really actively involved in commercial dance as much as I am <coughs> in um like the collegiate dance team circuit. So I would just say there's always there's always something good in something that you assume to be bad and that you assume to be your enemy. And there's always not to be like morbid, but there's always something you don't recognize or always something hidden underneath the surface that might be worth more investigation in something that you're so dead set on. Just if you're dead set on one certain thing, I would say just be open-minded to the other things that are out there waiting for you.
1: That's a, that's a really good uh-huh. answer because I remember trying to push Erin, not push her. I mean, I really never pushed her to do anything. Um, but, you know, why don't you want to do Broadway? You're great at it. You look just, and and she was like, no, no.
0: Not to mention no. your mom
1: choreographed
0: ballets and, and a whole Christmas. But I think she was, she was closed example. minded. She's
1: right. <laughs> she was a little closed minded yeah. to what, you know, could be offered there. So that's a good, that's a good Absolutely. answer is just be more open-minded. Like don't, well, I can't do that or I'm not going to do that. That's stupid and things like that. So Or
4: this isn't good enough for me or I'm not good enough for that.
0: Remove the you judgment. You know, and I, I loved what you said. Yeah. You, you can
4: remove the judgment. Yeah. yeah. And if
0: you sift through it, like you said, there's hidden passion there, which I mean, that, that should resonate with everyone to not, to yeah. not give up yeah. it, and just to sift through, see, see what you like, see what works. And, mm-hmm. and Grace, how about you? Any final questions?
3: Um,
4: no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to help. Um I want to, help, um, I want to help, regarding what my mom said about having a supportive and a, I feel horrible, but like a not so supportive parent, um, if anyone out there is like struggling with something like that, I would say just no matter how hard it might seem or no matter how absent it might feel look for the support someone out there believes in you and believes in what you want to do and someone out there is fully behind you 100 and you just might have to look a little bit harder for that support but don't let like difficult seem impossible something that's hard isn't impossible the support is out there for you to find if it's not right under your nose you just have to look a little further
1: yeah that was good yeah Yep. And, and with that, I can add, I don't know about you, Megan, I don't know about your parents, but like, so then if your parents want you to do one thing and you want to do the other, then you have to find a way to do both. You just have to find right. a way to do both. And then at the end of your travels or, or, you know, going to school or trying to dance at the end, it's all going to be you anyway. If you get your degree and you still want to dance, like we had a couple guests on that did have, Megan has a degree and she still danced. So there is, you know, and then for hope, or I guess a better word, that you, you can do both.
4: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. finding a
0: network, right? And yeah. you, you were able to find a network. And and for our listeners, it is important that if you don't have a family member or family members that that may be supportive, allow this to be your takeaway. Allow the takeaway to to have support and know that in the artist world, there will always be networks. Um, and you can find networks that can help boost your passion, to help you yeah, get absolutely. through that. And and I think it's fair to say that that's a, a, a finishing kickball change is knowing that, you know, when you have a family member that may not be supportive in that moment, but you have it driven in your heart, keep going for it. Don't hold back. And, you know, if they come around or if they don't, know that you're doing it for yourself. And that's such a huge mm-hmm. part of life is learning how to grow through Right. who you are, grow through what you're going through.
1: Yeah. yeah. And just remember that your parents love you and they always want the best for you, um, which what they think is the best because there there is really isn't a book that tells you what to do. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I said, at the end of your four-year journey in college, if your parents say you have to get a degree, you can do both. And you can, you know, as long as you keep the dance in your life, you can do both. Yep. So...
0: That's what I have to leave with. I love it. Well, Erin, we are wrapping this up. Um, Is there any last or final thoughts you want to offer to our listeners to stay inspired? I mean, I absolutely love your idea of hidden passion and finding it and just pushing through just a little bit more. Um, We'll have to have you back on again. But do you have any other final thoughts for our listeners, our co-hosts today?
4: Um, when When my mom was saying her final remarks it it kind of it's so funny because i've been saying this all week whether it's at um fitness class or at stockton we've been talking about sometimes the question isn't am i able or am i capable it's more am i willing so just to leave on a final remark like my mom was saying it it is possible to do both like you can you can make it happen it might feel like all the odds are stacked against you. It might not feel like the support is, you know, just holding your hand tightly, but it's not, am I able to do this? Am I capable of doing it all? Am I, can I do this without support? It's, am I willing to push forward regardless? Am I willing to push forward and find the support wherever it is? Am I willing to work overtime and work doubly as hard to do both? It's not am I able? It's am I
2: willing?
0: I yeah. love it. So we're going to end on yeah. that. So am I willing? <laughs> so our listeners, make sure you are willing, willing to take your technique classes, step it up a notch, listen to your teachers, listen to your parents, find your network, and find yourself through your own hidden passions. Again, you've been listening to the Kickball Change podcast. Our guest today was Aaron Pasco, and again, Aaron, thank you so much. Our co-host, thank you, thank you. and uh, thank we'll you see girl. everybody thank soon. You. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Kickball Change podcast. For more episodes, information, or feedback, make sure you check us out at thekickballchange.com.